right, praise the Lord. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. I want to thank uh, all the men. Somehow we pulled it off this morning. I don't know how. But uh, we uh, made breakfast at both places. And um, tremendous amount of uh, education there. You know, I spent most of the day yesterday uh, trying to find the right um, things to cook. Uh, some of the things that we normally cook and normally use were out everywhere. So I went to about six different stores in two different cities and spent the whole day just trying to get everything together. And um, and then they spent all morning stressing over, is it going to be warm? Is it going to be done? Is it going to be cooked? And some of you mothers are thinking to yourself, welcome to my world, <laughs> right? <laughs> Every day trying to cook something for a family and trying to keep it warm and trying to uh, make sure you got all the right stuff. Everybody enjoys what you're cooking. And so we got an education today. And John said, I was never stressed. I can see it back there. He was never at any moment. You know, very cool. But thank you all the men that uh, worked really hard this morning. And uh, we really appreciate it, uh, serving the women this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, Turn to Deuteronomy 5.16, if you would, this morning. Deuteronomy 5.16. It says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord God has commanded you that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord is giving you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, touch this word, Lord. Father, I pray that your anointing would be upon it, Lord, that you would give me your words, Lord, and impart your spirit in this place, Lord God. Touch every heart. Lord, uh, change us, Lord, to make us more like you, Lord, and speak to us this morning. And Lord, I bind every uh, um, every work of the enemy, Lord, and I release your blessing on this congregation, Lord. In your name I pray, and everybody said, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Um, as you read this verse, um, I think over the years, I may have misread this verse a little bit. Because a lot of times when I read this verse, it sounds like it's saying, honor your father and your mother, just as the Lord has commanded you, so that your days may be prolonged or you may have long life. Now, how many versions say that? And a lot of times I stop there and say, wow, I'll have a long life. And then I kept reading and it said, and so that it will go well with you in the land which the Lord is giving you. And sometimes I think when I read that, I seen two separate things there. I seen honor your mother and your father as the Lord's commanded you, so you will have a long life and so that God will prolong you or bless you when you're in the land that I'm going to give you. And I think that's an acceptable way to translate that. But as I started reading through commentaries, I started noticing that that is uh, very much um, connected there. In fact, you go to Exodus 20.12, which is where it was originally given to Moses. Uh, Deuteronomy is Moses repeating the law because he originally gave it to a generation of people 
And that generation of people died in the wilderness. And so Moses is repeating the laws again in Deuteronomy, which is the one we just read. He's repeating the original laws that he gave to the previous generation. He's giving it to a new, younger generation. And so he's giving several speeches on the valley of Moab as they're getting ready to enter the promised land. And after these speeches and this delivering of the law, in fact, Deuteronomy is called the second law for that reason because he's reiterating the original law to a new generation. And so Exodus 20.12 is the original one that he gave to the previous generation. And uh, it says this, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord is giving you. How many see that that's a little clearer that this is one promise? And it's to a generation of people that are going into a new land... And he's saying, I want you to live long in the land. And I want you to be in that land for a long time. And that's a little different of a promise. Because the original promise is an individual promise, which we'll see in the New Testament moves forward in that context. Because in Ephesians, it says that you may have a long life. And it doesn't say anything about the land and dwelling in the land. So when the New Testament moves forward with that context, that's why I say it's a good way to interpret it. But in this context, it is a societal promise, which is a big difference. And what he's saying is that the honoring of a mother and a father is the foundation of a good society. That if your society doesn't do this, that it will literally fall apart. You won't be in the land for very long. And so he's trying to tell Israel that this is something that when it breaks down, everything breaks down. This is a major part. It's not the sole thing that makes a um, society break down, but it is a really big one. And I was looking at a research study just trying to prepare for this message. And um, they were doing a study, um, a a company called, our organization called the Cato Institute. And they were doing a study... Uh, doing research, trying to figure out why uh, the society that we have now don't respect police officers anymore. And how many notice there's a difference between the way law enforcement is respected now, and I'm not getting into the specifics and what side you're on, but how many at least recognize there's a difference today than there was maybe 40 years ago? And uh, so they're trying to figure out what is the reason. And so they gave a survey with a series of questions, and the questions didn't have the titles in it. It didn't have like a police officer or military or political leaders or teachers or parents. or They were just general questions that dealt with the area of respect and honor. And in that survey, it really is fascinating what they came up with uh, because they had the top, uh, top, uh, quarter or the, or the one fourth at the very top. And they called it the, uh, respect for authority index, the RAI, they called it. And in the top of that index, they found that o- over 40% of the people that graded the highest with the most respect for authority were over the age of 55. And the ones that graded the lowest, were under the age of 35, and they were 
So that shows you how big the divide is. Over 55 respect for authority and under 35 respect for authority. It is tremendously different. How many have maybe noticed that, that there's a difference in society as a whole for respect for authority? Um, but, you know, it's very exciting to see that there's 17% of those under the age of 35 that still have a high level of respect. I'm, I'm glad, I, I'm sad to see the number so low, but it's pretty interesting. And it actually, and I'm, this isn't a political message, but 42%, or hold on, I'm sorry, 44% were conservatives that had the highest uh, respect for authority index, and seven, let's see, 16% were liberals. And so take that as you will. This is just a study, and like I said, it's not a, a uh, political statement I'm making here, but, um, and so their favorability toward police, the ones that were in that top fourth had a uh, 80% favorability toward police, and the ones in the lower had almost no uh, favorability toward police whatsoever. And so how many think that's an accurate study? Studies don't, don't always give us an accurate picture, but something in our society is happening uh, with honor. And um, so what they came to the conclusion of in that study was the simple aspect of honor is slipping away in our society, that we don't know how to honor people anymore. And the numbers are really nosediving. And the promise and the warning, I guess you could say, in Deuteronomy and Exodus is, If you don't, let me give you the negative commandment, because for every positive and every reward, there's also the negative. And the negative would be, if you don't honor your mother and your father, you will not live long in your land. And Israel lived in their land for quite a long time, but we do see in their society before they were destroyed, there was almost no respect left in the society for any part of the culture. And uh, so I want to talk about that today. Honoring your mother and your father is the foundation of having a healthy society. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, I want to look first at uh, what does honor mean? And uh, this is a very fascinating word that they use here for the word of honor. In fact, uh, other places in the Bible, there are 115 occurrences of forms of this word. This particular form was four times, but there are 115 times where a form of this word are used. And other places in the Bible, it's used for glory um, that is attributed to God. Kabod. How many remember the word Ichabod, where the glory of God has departed? And this word honor means to have a certain weight or gravity. It means that there is a weight um, to whatever it is you're honoring. And, and the terminology comes from weighing gold. Like if the gold is heavier, it has more value. And if it's not, it has less value. It's lightly esteemed. And so the word is actually saying you have so much esteem that you honor them to the point that their words have meaning. There's gravity. There's weight to what they say and who they are. And, 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 and how many think that it would be nice in society if we had more weight and more gravity and more honor to everybody in society? That we just, there was, we were a more honorable society. And, and, and understand this. Other societies, um, there, there are other societies that are very honorable. 
you know, it is almost shocking when you see other cultures and how honorable some of them are to the elderly, how honorable some of them are to just a normal stranger in the street. And it's also equally shocking when you go to a society where they're not honorable. In fact, there are places in our country where they're more honorable and certain places in our country where they're less honorable. And so God's calling us. In fact, the title of my sermon is How to Honor Your Mother, Semicolon, and Honorable Life. How to Honor Your Mother, and Honorable Life. Hallelujah. So let me look at a mother's qualities for a minute because I think they're really important. Um, the first quality that I wrote down is unconditional love. And these are qualities that are great qualities um, that women in general and mothers have for their children. And I was watching a documentary not too long ago, and it was about um, two really rough gangs in El Salvador. I mean, like the most violent gangs in the world, these two were. And the guy was uh, examining and interviewing several people from the gangs, and uh, that particular small town had 15 uh, dead gang members in the morgue every day. Um, that was the average. And there was just so much bloodshed in the city and so much um, violence with these two gangs. Uh, MS-13 was one. I can't remember the other gang. But they were very violent. And um, it just really struck me when he was in the prison and he had to go to two different prison systems because they couldn't put them together. They were so violent toward each other. And he went in the prison and he said, something really struck me as unusual. He said, no matter where you're at and no matter which gang it is, when you talk to them, they're usually very tender toward their mother. Isn't that interesting? These were some of the most violent gangs in the world. I mean, they were vicious. I mean, if you looked at the crimes that they had committed, I mean, dismemberment and death and violence, and I don't want to get gory on the details, but they were extremely violent. But when they would speak about their mother, they would cry. And you would see their mothers visiting them, and they would just cry on their mom's shoulder, and they were soft in their heart and just... just and it would break your heart. And they said, it's not everybody. How many know everybody's not like that? But it was enough that this man that was interviewing these gangs, it was very noticeable to him. And this unconditional love is one of the reasons why I believe you see that. In fact, uh, John 19.25, um, did you know that Jesus was on the cross and his disciples left him? And guess who was at the foot of the cross? Kind of breaks my heart. Do you know his family, his brothers weren't there? James, who became an incredible person, who died for Jesus, wasn't there. Jude wasn't there. You know, he had sisters, they weren't there. But it says, standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother and the sister of his mother Mary the wife of Cleopas and Mary Magdalene Jesus therefore seeing his mother 
And the disciple who he loved standing by said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold my mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his home. Why do they have a soft heart for their mother? Because when everybody else gave up on them, there's mom in the prison. Everybody else in the world gave up on them. But a mother has an unconditional love for their child. Now why do I say this today? Because there are a lot of people in prison that their mothers have even given up on them. And sometimes it's not mom that's seeing them, it's dad that's seeing them. And sometimes it's not mom and it's not dad. And there's only one other person that's there to see them. And that's Jesus Christ. This heart that a mother has, how many know it's the heart of Jesus? And you say, well, do they have to be saved or they have to be not? No, a mother and their child, she will love him unconditionally, longer and farther and harder than anybody else will. When the whole world is given up, when they're on their last breath, when they're down to the, the very end, the mother will still be there. A good mother will be there no matter what. will love them unconditionally. And it's because when you grab a hold of that mother's heart and you see where that came from, it came from God. Because when they're in the middle of that jail, I've seen where nobody else loved them, nobody else cared for them. And I'm telling you, that's the heart of God. There's only one person that will love you even more than your mother, and that's Jesus Christ. And I've seen him in the prison, and that Bible became alive to them. And they've seen the heart of God, and it is the heart of a mother. That unconditional love is something that all of us uh, sometimes experience in this world. Some people don't. They have to find the Lord. God has to be a father to the fatherless. And they have to find that mother's heart in Jesus Christ because that's where it comes from. A mother's heart, unconditional love. And it says she stood with him. Hallelujah. In fact, it's it's really interesting because there are three Greek words there. And all three of them mean to stand up tall. And it says Mary stood up for her son. It says the cross stood up and it says that John stood with his mother, his best friend stood with his mother right by his side. And that really blessed me this morning. Hallelujah. Second part of a mother is they are sacrificial. The heart of a mother. I have watched mothers sacrifice Everything for their children. How many know that a mother's heart is sacrificial for their child? And, and that's one of the things that um, it just really amazes me to watch a mother. Um, in fact, they'll sacrifice. How many mothers have sacrificed sleep? You know, they'll stay up all night if they don't know their children are at home. Their heart will actually give up everything. They don't want to... I mean, everything that they have, they sacrifice for their children. And I'm just thinking about these. I'm just thinking about this heart of a mother that sacrifices for children. And God wants us to recognize and give weight to that. 
In fact, I'm going to go here what it means to live an honorable life. But if we don't recognize these things in our society, how much your mother loves you and and want to honor that um, sacrifice that they make. In fact, I don't know that a child ever truly appreciates what his mother does for him on a daily basis. In fact, uh, a lot of kids, I think, and a lot of husbands, I think, they take that shirt off and they throw it in the bedroom and they're like, man, where did, how did that get, how did that disappear? How did that get cleaned? And somehow it gets cleaned and folded up and in my closet, you know, how does that happen even? And when I do that, when I eat that dish and you lay that, lay that dish down, how in the world did that thing get clean and end up in the cabinet? And uh, sometimes, how many know we don't appreciate, <laughs> how many think that we don't appreciate mothers and we don't honor mothers enough? Hallelujah. Sometimes I see conviction all over men's hearts right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Compassion. Compassion and care. There's something in a mother's heart, and I see it with our mothers in this church, uh, just watching how compassionate and caring they are. Just imagine if we did not have mothers in this world. You know, uh, I don't know that a lot of us dads would even remember all the little details of a child's life. You know, yeah, they get fed three times a day. They need to take a bath, they need to comb their hair, they need to wash their hair, they need to do all those things. And I'm just, I'm just, like I said, I'm just thinking here of all the ways that we don't appreciate a mother's heart. And uh, this actually wasn't part of my sermon, but I wanted to put all this in here. Um, a mother prays. I mean, you know that a mother, when everybody else has forgot about you and everybody else has forgot to pray for you. How many know that a mother prays for her children? In fact, a mother diligently studies the Bible and finds promises. How many mothers have done that? You find those promises and you say, man, that's the promise for my child. And a mother will pray to the day that she dies for her child to, to have those promises in their life. In fact, they will plead the blood of Jesus. They will uh, pray protection around those children and mothers. Thank you for being praying mothers and uh, never forgetting to lift that child up. And, and they are a counselor. How many know that a child will always, no matter what happens, uh, will always be able to talk to their mother about whatever they're going through? A mother will always listen to the child no matter what. And um, and as I started to think about all these things and how we find these in the heart of God, they're all great examples of the heart of God. I started thinking to myself, well, what can I give my mother for all the things that she's done for me? In fact, um, I've told this story before. I think last time I told it, Josiah wasn't here, but <laughs> I'm going to tell this one. I'm sorry. But uh, he was a little bitty. He was probably eight or nine years old, and I've told the story before. And to me, and I know to his mother is one of the sweetest things he's ever said, but we were shopping for mother, and that was always hard to do for Mother's Day. We never can figure out what to get her or what she wants. And, you know, she always says, don't buy me anything, don't spend any money, don't do this, don't do that. And, and we were just really, we brainstormed for hours and hours and hours trying to figure out what do I get my mother. 
what do I get my mother? And I, they're so sweet when they're going. And he's just a little bitty boy. And, and, uh, and boy, he had it. He had the perfect thing. And I loved it. And it really meant a lot to me. And I know it meant a lot to his mother. But he just stopped and he said, I got it. I know exactly. He said, if, the, if only they made a machine that would wash dishes automatically. Like you could just put them in there and it would wash the dishes because mom spends so much time washing our dishes. I mean, I think that's the sweetest thing. And I told my wife, and I'm sure she probably cried when I told her, but, you know, that is really being thoughtful and saying, man, what can I get my mother to help? And can I tell you, I spent years, um, when I was in high school, one of my first jobs was working in a nursing home. And sometimes when you're in a nursing home, and I worked there for about two years in high school every weekend. And so I spent a lot of time just talking to the residents there. And a lot of times when you're in the nursing home, you feel forgotten. How many know that's true? You just feel forgotten. You um, just want somebody to talk to. And, and I've had a lot of jobs as a pastor working in a nursing home you know, just uh, working as a salesperson, going in people's homes on a regular basis. And, and I would sit there with those, those, those mothers. And I always noticed the conversation was very similar every time you were in there. You know, they wanted to tell you about their family. And seems like almost everything they would tell me about their family was something that they did that was honorable. They would want to tell me what kind of work they did, or they want to tell me how they treated people, or they wanted to tell me about their kids, or wanted to tell me, and uh, how many have ever been in those conversations, and you're just telling, they're telling you the things about their kids that are honorable. And, and God, when I was praying this morning, said, preach about this. What can I give my mother? And every mother that I've ever known would, would appreciate this message. They would want you to give them an honorable life. An honorable life. That's all they want is an honorable life. So I'm going to go through how to have an honorable life. And I think it's something in society we don't hear preached about very much. And so I just went through the Bible and started looking at all the honor scriptures. Because I think it's important that we learn how to honor our mothers and our fathers. Like how, like God, how can I honor my mom? How can I honor my dad? And we need to look at these honor scriptures because it's like glory. It's like a weight of respect and a weight of esteem. And just if we could learn to respect in society, you're going to see as I go through this list how amazing our world would be if we could all learn to honor people. First one is God. God says in 1 Samuel 2.30, Those who honor me, I will honor them. Hallelujah. So the, the beginning of an honorable life, to be able to live an honorable life, we have to learn how to honor God. And so that means that before I can ever honor my mother, before I can ever honor my father. How many know before I can ever be a person who is called honorable or a person uh, who is an honorable person? How many know I have to learn how to honor God? 
And if I can't learn how to honor God, it's very hard to fulfill the other areas of honor. And so every mother I've known that loves their child would love to have a child that honors God with everything in their life. And so what does it mean to honor God? Well, John 14, 21 says, Those who accept my commandments and obey them, they're the ones who love me. How many know we need to honor God with everything that we do? In fact, that means that God, when we honor God, that means that God has such a weighty impression on us. In fact, let me tell you this. Honoring parents is a very difficult thing. Because when they're little, how many know when they're little, you are their hero? When you were little, those adults were your hero. And as you grow up, those parents in your mind can do anything. They're superheroes. They're right about everything. They're your superheroes. They're the strongest. They're the biggest. They're the fastest. They're your hero. How many know that kids are like that? Then as they begin to grow up, you begin to see that this natural progression occurs. How many know that they begin to be independent? And God is beginning to teach them how to live their own. It's not a bad thing. But as they become independent, they begin to realize, hey, I've got my own thought process. I've got my own opinions. And how many know at that point that hero status begins to fall? But what God is beginning to say is, as you grow older, don't lose that. Don't lose that weightiness they have in their words. Don't lose that uh, respect that you have for them. Even though you're becoming independent, respect and honor your parents, and God is saying, I want you to first honor me and respect me that way. And to respect God means that I want to know, God, what is your opinion? God, what do you think? What does your word say about my life? And Lord, your words have weightiness to me. I honor your words. I honor everything you say about my life. I want to do that. And we honor God by the things that we do. How many of you know that we honor God by the things that we say and the way that we talk? In fact, I've never sat in the nursing home and, and heard a mom say, you know what, my son is very foul-mouthed. He really speaks down to people. <laughs> they want a son that is respectful to people. One that does good things for people. One that you know lives an honorable life where he lives his life to help people, to speak to people the right way, to act the right way, to be respectful to people. God wants us to honor our mothers with our lives. He wants us to honor God, and God will honor us. Second thing is honor the parents. That's the second thing. Honor God first, honor your parents second. And this isn't always the easiest thing. In fact, let me ask you this question. Do Are all parents deserving of honor? Good question. Are all parents deserving of honor? No. But does God still command it? Yes. (laughs) That's why it's hard. We have to honor all of our parents, no matter. It's not a, He doesn't say, honor your mother and your father if. They've done this. Because can I tell you something? That I haven't met a perfect mother and a perfect father. I'm going to say that again. 
I haven't met a perfect mother and a perfect father. And God doesn't give an exception and say, unless or if. He says, honor your mother and your father no matter what. No matter who they are, no matter what they are, you honor your mother and your father. Because if you do that, your life will be blessed. Hallelujah. There's a promise with that. But God says, still honor your mother and your father. In fact, um, I know a lot of people that have unforgiveness for their mother and father. And the Lord says that we need to forgive our mother and our father and honor them. And you say, you know what? They don't deserve that. I can't give it to them. And God's not doing it for them. I mean, no, God's not doing the forgiveness thing for them. He's doing it for you. If you will forgive them and you will honor in your heart and you say, well, man, I can't even have a conversation. They hurt me so bad. But that doesn't mean you can't forgive them in your heart and not talk negatively about them. Hallelujah. How many know that God wants you to honor your mother and your father and love them? It's a command with no exceptions to it. Hallelujah. Amen. Another place of honor. 1 Peter 3.7 says, Husbands, you are to give honor to your wife. But wait a minute. Ephesians 5.33 says, Let the wife see that she gives honor to her husband. Hallelujah. How many know that we are to show honor one to another, husband and wife? We're to honor, we're to give weight and honor and respect. And you say, well, man, this circle's beginning to expand. It's beginning to get bigger. I've got to honor God. I've got to honor mom and dad. We're trying to build an honorable life here. We're trying to be honorable people. We want to have an... Oh, I'm sorry. Driving him crazy. Thank you. (laughs) Some people can't handle the tick, tick, tick. Thank you. (laughs) thank you I thought he was coming after me I thought I shouldn't have told that story maybe (laughs) but how many know we're trying to build an honorable life we're trying to build an honorable society and God's wanting us to honor and this circle is going to get really big here in a minute okay God says we should honor our spouses number four The Bible says in Leviticus 19.32, you shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged. You know that there are societies and there are places even in our country where they are extremely honorable toward the elderly. And has anybody here noticed that we're losing that in our society? We're losing that respect for the elderly. In fact, I see places where it just it breaks my heart. I see an elderly person trying to get out of the door, or I see him trying to carry something or trying to do something, and, and it breaks my heart. I say, man, look at that elderly person trying to do this or trying to do that. And, and, and I wish there were more people that, that cared about just the fact that a person is an elderly person. And has love for that person and honors them. Not just be nice to them, but honor them. How many think in our society 
That would be honorable if we honored those who are elderly. Hallelujah. Amen. Talking about living an honorable life. How many mothers would be proud if your child, you know, you, it got back to you? And I've heard my, my sons, I've gotten word back that they've helped this person or helped that person. How many have heard that and you, man, that makes you so proud? You hear that somebody helped somebody or they went out of their way to help somebody. And that's what we want. We want a, uh, especially if you're a Christian, we should be honorable people and live an honorable life. Hallelujah. Boy, this is getting really big now. Now I've got the, I've got to honor God to be an honorable person. What I say, what I do, I want to give God place in my heart. I want to honor the words of my parents and be an honorable person toward my parents. I want to be honorable toward my spouse. I want to be honorable toward the elderly. Then the Bible says, this is a tough one. Servants be submissive, submissive to your masters, not only to the good and gentle, but also to those who are harsh. That means if you have a boss at work, in fact, it goes on and says, so that the message that we have won't be looked down upon. So, it won't, so our message will be accepted by people because we are honorable to our employers. Hallelujah. Honorable to our employers. The Bible really says that? <laughs> yes, it actually says that. We should be respectful and we should be honorable to our bosses, to our employers. And John, can I hear an amen? Amen. All right. He's my boss at work. I got to be good to John. <laughs> He's looking at me funny, so I want to make sure he was with me on that. <laughs> Number six, we want to honor church leaders. First Thessalonians 5.12 says, Honor those who are your leaders and do the Lord's work with you. How many think it would be awesome if we all honored each other to the max in church? And that means um, just the way we talk about leadership, just the way we act toward leadership, the way we recognize leadership. Um, and that's just everybody. That's not for a pastor. That's just for recognizing and honoring everybody in the church. How many know the Bible says we should honor those who are put in leadership um, among us? Number eight, or I'm sorry, number seven. This is a real tough one. Romans 13, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, Romans 1, 13, 1 and 2. How many know where to honor those who are governing officials? Hallelujah. Say, well, good, hopefully they agree with me. How many know we are supposed to honor our governing officials and there's no qualifying statements there? Um, in fact, um, another scripture, I think I wrote it down. It says this way in the NIV on 1 Peter 2.17. It says, show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. That's really tough because the emperor at that time was probably like Nero, okay? And there's not a more wicked emperor than there's, that there's ever been. Shortly after Romans, uh, Peter and Paul would be executed by that emperor. And the Bible still says, 
that we are to honor those who are our leaders. You say, well, man, I don't agree with what they're saying. How many know there is a way to express the fact that you don't agree with the way they're governing? There's a respectful way in our government. And how many know a lot of times in the church, we don't do that. We don't stand up and do the things we can do by the law, by the Constitution, but we'll sit and badmouth somebody. And we could take a lot more action. We could bind together and we can make a lot of changes. But we would prefer to just speak negatively all the time to whoever's our governing authorities. And God has called us to be an honorable society who prays for our government leaders. I've always said, I pray as much um, for Joe Biden as I pray for Donald Trump. How many know the prayers are just different? And I'm being as honest as I can be. The prayers for each president for me are just different. You know, I pray for one differently than I pray for the other one. And I pray for all of the government leaders, but my prayers for each one are very different. You know, and you say, well, it's all good and all bad. One, No, it's all good and all bad with both. You know, there's lots of things that the Lord puts on my heart to pray with each of these leaders. And we're called as a church to pray for government leaders and not badmouth them. In fact, we're in the same position with government leaders than we are church leaders. Hallelujah. You say, well, man, I want to sit around the dinner table and complain about my pastor. Or I want to sit around the dinner table and complain about the president. Or I want to sit around the dinner table and complain about, you know, my in-laws. You know, how many know that we're called to pray and we're called to be honorable people and it's deteriorating in our society. In fact, we came from a culture where they used to say, Mr. President. And they used to be respectful. And you say, well, they're doing this. And then they're saying, well, they're doing this. And, you know, we're kind of like little, you know, arguing children, right? Well, they did it this way, so I can do it that way. And they did it this way, so I can do it that way. And our society is deteriorating because we're no longer honorable anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say amen. I'm not putting you to sleep. Oh, here's a tough one. Honor your police and your military. Give respect. This is 13.7, a few verses down from the last one I read. Give respect and honor to those who are in authority among you. How many know we are to respect those who have authority over us? In fact, as a parent, it is my job to make sure that my children are respectful. And so if my children are not respectful to their teachers, if they're not respectful to their coaches, they're not respectful to law um, and authorities and police and that kind of thing. How many know as Christians we're called to be honorable people? We're called to be honorable to, and, and, and usually when I see an officer, I tell them thanks. When I see somebody that's been in the military, I tell them thanks. And uh, how many know we're called to be honorable to those um, who serve in authority over us? Those who, in fact, those who give, our, I, I don't even understand, honestly, the lack of respect for law enforcement. I understand that there are those who are jerks, maybe, those who have done bad things, because every, how many know every part of society has good and bad, right? But when somebody risks their life to keep the peace, I've got to respect that. When somebody in the military goes and gives their life to go serve away from their family, I can't do anything but respect that. 
You know, if somebody is, um, just, just all of these areas, it's all just giving respect. If a mother gives her life sacrificially to, um, to serve her children, how can I not honor that and respect that? You know, if a pastor goes through what he has to go through to pastor a church, why can't I just respect that? Does everybody understand this is just stuff that our society was built on and we're losing that, it's deteriorating. And God wants us to live an honorable life. I've only got two more here. Here's a really good one. Honor your children. Hallelujah. We are to show affection, spend quality time, speak words of affirmation, make them a priority in our life, and discipline them. You say, well, I don't discipline. I'm just their friend. The Bible says that, and how many know this is difficult? This is as difficult for a child to be respectful to their parent as it is for a parent to be respectful to the child. When you're in a position of disciplining your child and you're being a real parent, isn't it hard to also be the ultimate person of respect to that child? Because the Bible says, do not provoke your children to be angry at you by the way that you treat them. Let me think that's easy. Because if you're the disciplinarian... If you're the one that loves them, if you're the one that cares about them, what are you constantly doing? You're the bad guy. But the Bible says don't just take that bad person role where you have to be hard on them. The Bible says be tender to them. You know, you're telling them advice and you're giving them advice and you're disciplining them in their life. But the Bible is also saying, hey, go back and tell them you love them. Tell them you care about them. Tell, tell them that you... Um, you, you're proud of them, that you love them, that you, and be tender-hearted to them. The Bible doesn't allow us just to say, "I'm your parent, and you're lower than low." How many of you know parents that do that? They treat their kids like they're they're, they're dirt. John, you better quit pointing at people. <laughs> Betty, you need to spank him when you get home. He's not too old. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to honor our children. How many think that's important? Hallelujah. We've got to discipline, but we also got to be really big on honoring our children. And the last one. If I missed any, okay, this covers it. Romans 12.10, and the worship team, you can come up here. Romans 12.10 says, Honor one another above yourself. Hallelujah. A mother, if she got this gift alone, in fact, the first one and the last one, honor God and honor other people above yourself. To see a child go and be nice to people that they don't have to be nice to. In fact, I'm so proud. I always used to tell my kids, when you're in the lunchroom, don't go with the popular kids. Sit with the ones that have nobody to sit with. Sit with the ones that look like they need a friend. Sit with the ones that look like they're struggling or look like they're having a bad day. How many know if you would just have a child that would honor other people above yourself and not live a selfish life, a mother would have the greatest gift she's ever had. And every mother is shaking their head. Give your mother a gift today. Honor, live an honorable life in everything that you do. And honor everybody around you like they're better than yourself. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord. 
Lord, you've called us to honor you first, and you will honor us, Lord. And Father, you'll help us live this honorable life, the one you've called us to, Lord God, where we put others above ourselves. Lord, we especially honor you. We especially honor our parents. We honor our family, Lord. Father, and even those who are the poorest of the poor, the downcast, the outcast, those that don't have a friend, Lord God, you've called us to honor them, Lord. Honor the poor, honor the weak, honor the lonely. Oh, Father, help us live an honorable life, Lord. Pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Just find a quiet place with the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. And I just ask everybody, you know, just ask the Lord to help you in these areas. There's a lot to take in. You say, well, man, those are easy ten things. They're the hardest ten things you'll ever do in your life. To honor people that you don't feel like honoring. Hallelujah. If you need prayer this morning, maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord. We're here to pray for you. You're going through something in your life. We want to pray with you. You're going through a sickness. You're going through a struggle. Whatever it is you're going through, we're here to pray with you. Hallelujah. Take a few minutes to worship. says that uh, no word that we speak comes back void. It goes out and accomplishes what God has called it to accomplish. And how many know today you can go out and honor number one, God. Go and honor your mother. Love her, hug her honor her, tell her how much you appreciate her, how much you love her, pour your heart out. And as we've seen today, there's so many other people to honor. Honor your children. Honor those who are around you. Honor those who are on the street. Those in your life. How many know if we live a life of honor, just picture that little uh, elderly lady sitting at the nursing home. I would see him one after another. They pull that picture out and they say, look, look at that picture. That's my son. That's my daughter. It's all they have left is those pictures. Can I tell you something? Be an honorable person. It's going to come a day. That's all we have left. An honorable person they're looking at in that picture. If you want to give them a gift today, be an honorable person in everything you do. Hallelujah. Do it today. Don't let the word come back void. Go live it out in your life. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. God. Father, make us honorable people, Lord God. Every day that we walk on this earth, the way we act, the way we talk, the way we speak, Lord God, the way we um, treat people, Lord. Lord, we want to be honorable for you and Honorable for you above everything else, Lord God. Lord, bless your people today, Lord God. Let them be a blessing to those around them, Lord. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus, and everybody said.
Amen. Amen.